The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Work. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both of you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Welcome to Jonesy and Brown. My name is Brown. Beside me is my tag team partner, my homie, Mike Jones. What's good, homie? What is oh, good? Man, I'm, I'm good. It's a wonderful day. The weather's starting to break finally. So, well, these are those These are those tricky days. Because mm-hmm. I always feel like they're a patch of days towards the end of February. And I always feel, I, I put it to you like this. I feel like God is testing us. He's giving us a couple of warm-ish days, not warm days, not necessarily hot days, but warm-ish to see if we can handle that type of weather. Now, if you if you go crazy, you break out the summer clothes and you know, you all, you know, you 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 take it that far, you've messed it up. We're going to have nothing but cold. We're going to have a cold March, a cold April, a cold May, you know, you know, but if you, if you look, if you, if you're cool about it, you know, you, you, you're patient. Don't break out the short sleeve shirts. Hey, break out a long sleeve tee, not necessarily a hoodie, not a sweatshirt, but a long sleeve tee or maybe a light, you know, a, a light button up. Then you're good, but don't go crazy. Don't break. Ladies, don't break out the sundresses in February just because it's 65 degrees outside. That's the that's the setup. This let's see if we can handle this and then maybe we'll get some more warm days. Maybe it will get warmer and, you know, like first person I see outside with some shorts on a day like this, like you just screwed it up for everybody. That guy just screwed it up for everybody. But look, man, I'm glad I got you here. Basketball is in full effect. Shout out real quick. I, I don't know how if, if people listen to me. I don't know who listens to me. But I've been saying, I'll, I've been saying that Fox, the Fox Broadcasting Network, needs a college basketball triple header every Saturday. I think of like college, they need to treat Fox needs to treat college basketball like they treat college football. Like when you get when you get home, when you when you are chilling at your crib on a Saturday during college football season, you know Fox is going to have football from noon until it's time to go to bed. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a twelve o'clock game. You're going to get a four o'clock game. You're going to get a seven o'clock game. Mm-hmm. Now I understand that college basketball college basketball games aren't as long as college football games. But I want college basketball all day long on Fox. Don't give me one game and then the rest of the afternoon full of infomercials or reruns or stupid stuff like that. I need three games. I need a twelve o'clock game. I need a two o'clock game. I need a four o'clock game. And Fox has been doing that for the last, like, two to three weeks. 
quite frankly, I could take a Sunday game too. I understand that they got NASCAR now, and and and, right. and I'm sure NASCAR yeah. brings more money than college basketball. But you could get. Now, you, see, here's the thing, Jay-Z. You could give me a 12 o'clock game right before that NASCAR race, though. Let me ask. All right, so you you got your cell phone? Yeah. Something. I see a computer next to you. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? What's today's date? Today is the 25th. We're recording this uh, show on February 25th. Okay. Um, so, four more days, what happens? Uh, it's March. There you go. Now, I understand. Look, look I'm just saying. So, but, so hear me out. Mm-hmm. So, fe- mid-February into... March and April as the championship games are decided mm-hmm. in college basketball, you draw enough college interest where business-wise it makes sense for the networks to run college basketball all day. Mm-hmm. You don't have that same interest for a November 10th exhibition <laughs> between Creighton and Gonzaga or something. I'd watch Creighton and Gonzaga. It'd be a you good would. game. I would watch Creighton and you Gonzaga. Would. I, well, what do, you, but what do you think those ratings would really look like in November for exhibitions? I, I think it honestly – well, I'll put it to you. Like, ballpark, when are, when are usually the college football conference championships games? Since now every conference has – a championship oh. game. That's that's usually around like Thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. Like once once you get into that low in between because there's usually like a month. You maybe, mean December? Yeah, December. Like once you when get the, in, when the NFL starts playing Saturday games. Well, I, I think you can. There's usually one now because when the NFL plays Saturday games, they're like you know they're night games. Like I'll take. Bottom line is, I want college basketball over infomercials. Now, if there's an NFL game on, you know, hey, I'm not mm-hmm. going to sit here and criticize Fox for putting on a, a, an NFL game over college basketball. I'm not sitting there. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, I would rather right. or, or the Saturday when there's nothing on. That's fair. That is fair. Like college basketball over infomercials. I have yeah, no debate with for give me, me that. like like it it would it pisses me off. Like on a Saturday. Like like I hate that you, we all get that period. Like like and this is this is no knock against baseball. Because baseball is cool too. But you know that that period at the end of the NBA final, that first weekend after the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. When baseball that that first weekend when baseball is all you have, that that's it. There is no pro football. There is no college football. There is no co- you know there there's nothing else other than baseball. When you got nothing, you know that's those are the weekends I hate, and I feel like like I want to be able to watch television i want to be able to watch sports all day long so now once you once you start scaling back college football once college football is not a weekly thing on saturdays 
Now I understand NFL throw you a game or two. And now they're trying they're working they're they're trying to make sure those college they're trying to make sure those Saturday football games are must see TV. So a lot of times those Saturday games are those Saturday games are like four a four o'clock game and an eight o'clock game. Like you're not gonna see too many one o'clock Saturday games anymore when when the NFL's on Saturday. You're not going to see that one o'clock game. Mm-hmm. You're going to see like a four o'clock game and a seven o'clock game. My thing is when Fox, you show college basketball, like say Fox gives you, they're going, they'll give you a four o'clock football game. Don't show me infomercials for all a Saturday up until that game. Give me, a, give me a college basketball game. Throw a brother a bone. Give me some big, cause I I like big, you know I like the Big East. Uh, now here's I'm, I'm, I'm old school like that. I need the Big East. I need the Big Ten. Bottom line is I just I just need I need sports all day on my Saturdays. I don't need infomercials. I don't need kitty shows. I need sports. Now I had there was another thing I wanted I kind of wanted to touch on with you. Because and and I'm going in a little bit of a different direction, but this week was Dr. J's birthday. I believe Dr. J was like, I think he's 71 years old this week. My question to you, plain and simple: Who was your first sports hero? Your first sports hero, not the like, not a guy you a fan of, because I feel like if I know you, I I, I kind of feel like it's probably the same person. But I, I want to know who's your first sports hero. It's probably not who you think. Okay. I want to. I'm curious. I'll give you one guess. Who you got? You know who I think your first sports hero is, and that's once again because it's still it's still here because these ain't getting broken out until the uh until the spring. I I would I would I'm thinking this. And I'm holding up. Nah, I'm, 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 I'm holding up. The, I'm holding up the, the greatest, the greatest athletic shoe in the history of sneakers. That's not it. My, not it. My okay. first sports hero had a Jerry curl. Ricky Henderson. Mm-mm. He did play baseball though. Mm, okay. Deion Sanders. There you go. Okay. All right, Deion. Why? Why Deion? Prime time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was the best at what he did. Yes, and he had fun doing. Mm-hmm. It, it was really that simple to be at that mm-hmm. point. Okay. Like what? Like what? And give me, give me some of your favorite. I actually mm-hmm. really, really, the year I fell in love with Dion as an athlete mm-hmm. was his year in San Francisco. Mm. Because they beat the Cowboys. Yep, yep, yep. Now, unfortunately, from there, he went to join the Cowboys. (laughs) And it was all downhill from there. But him joining San Francisco and beating the Cowboys was something that, even as a young man, made me very, very happy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, who, like... do you believe as as 
as a sports fan, do you believe that, that there is a time in which you kind of grow out of heroes? Like the people you like are the people that you like. I mean, but, but you know, yeah, you, I mean, once you're not a child anymore, mm-hmm. you realize these people are humans. You, mm-hmm. You're not looking at them the same way. They're not heroes per se anymore. You, mm-hmm. you still may admire what they do. You, you respect their skill, their craft, mm-hmm. but hopefully you're not looking to them to be, how can I say it? Your your source of some sort of sense of direction or something in life beyond, you know, mm-hmm. some some sort of role model for sports achievement. Now, now that I understand. Now, Dion was your first sports hero. Who was your first sports villain? First sports villain. Oh, that's a tough question. First guy. Isaiah. Isaiah. Okay. 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 Now I I, I will say it. I I had to I had to grow to hate Isaiah. I I, 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 no. And, And 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 let me let me explain to you why I had to grow to hate Isaiah. First of all, my, my I had two true sports heroes. I feel like my very first sports hero was Dr. J. To me, Dr. J was just larger than life. He was just this guy. He to me, he he was like a superhero to me. Love Dr. J. Now, my second sports hero, he also wore a Jerry Curl. But he cut it off right before he got he got real good. That's number twelve for the Eagles, Randall Cunningham. Those were those were my two guys. Those were the two end all be alls for me. Now, you know, we are both, you know, we, we both consider ourselves professionals in sports media. You know, we've both worked and we we've met our fair share of sports personalities and athletes. Mm-hmm. I have always told people there are probably, you know, I I I understand and respect the need for being a professional. I consider myself a professional, although I like to joke around. I like to play around. <laughs> I understand that there is a time and a place for professionalism, and I consider mm-hmm. myself a professional. But there are two people that if I ever blessed to meet, I might lose my mind, and that is Dr. J, Randall Cunningham. I haven't met, haven't met either of them. Met a lot of people like I've admired, I've been fans of. Probably think, probably the most like out of my mind person I've ever met was Magic Johnson, <laughs> because it just came out. It, it it was it just came out of uh just random situation. I think I had told you uh, my first job in television was at the Olympics, at the '96 Olympics. And I was with my brother and my cousin, and we had gotten into the men's basketball game. Mm-hmm. We're walking in. It's me, my brother, and my cousin. Cousin just starts, like, hyperventilating. Like, 
yo, what's wrong with you? And she's, <gasps> I'm like, yo, you gonna get us thrown out of here. Yo, chill. Yo, calm down. And she just points, points ahead. And we look up, and it's Magic Johnson standing right there. This is 96, so I'm, I'm 20 years old. My brother is, brother hadn't even turned 17 yet. My brother just turned 16. So I'm with my brother. My brother's 16. I'm 20, and my cousin's is older than that. You don't put out a woman's age. But um, she's a little bit older than that. And I just like, Magic! Like, like that's my man. Like, yo, what up, Magic? Real loud. Real, you know, just just lost all all types of... And he came over, dapped us up, you know what I mean? Said what's up to us. Smiled, kept it moving. But I was just like, yo, what up, Magic? What up, man? What's going on, bro? Yeah. Like, now, it was somewhere in the mid-80s, uh-huh. 85, 86-ish, somewhere like that. Magic's sister actually was living in a small little town about mm-hmm. 45 miles west of Philly. Oh, okay. No, and I, her I didn't and my know dad worked, Her mm-hmm. and my dad worked together. Okay. So, her she had a godson in the area. Magic used to send shoes to him all the time. Mm-hmm. So, that was... I never met Magic, but mm-hmm. I do know some. I do know some you of you know his people. Oh, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Now I will tell. I, I will tell you this because uh, getting back to how what you were talking about, you know, hating Isaiah because Doc was my first sports hero because Doc mm-hmm. Doc was my guy. I absolutely hated Larry Bird. Larry, I hated him, and it all stems to the fight. See, I didn't, I didn't like Larry, mm-hmm. but I respected him. Now, I, I, I will tell you this: I, I hated I, Isaiah. Mm, I, I grew to respect Larry Bird as I, as I got older, and smarter about basketball. Mm-hmm. But at the time when Dr. J fought Larry Bird, I believe, I believe that was '84. So I was eight years old. And Doc was just the end-all, be-all. And all I know is this guy, this this horrible human being, is fighting the greatest basketball player in the history of basketball. I see, I've gotten into it with some of my best friends on the basketball court. I understand that. Yeah, did, did in the you heat get, of the moment. Were you getting into it when you were eight years old? Were you fighting people on the basketball court at eight years old? Mm-hmm. All right, that's, 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 that's a conversation for another show. But at the time, I'm sitting here, and all I know is this guy is out here trying to fight Larry, is trying to fight Dr. J. So as far as I'm concerned, he was public enemy number one, and I just knew that I would hate him for the rest of my life. I hated him. I hated his squad. I hated his teammates. I hated anybody who liked him. All, I was like, look, Larry Bird is the enemy. Larry Bird is evil. Now, I understand. Now, now, see, I felt like that about Boston collectively. Mm-hmm. And the Celtics collectively, mm-hmm. but Bird individually, yeah. th- that dude was nice. See, here's the thing, and, and it's like that, that, that but, dude was nice. But here's and the he thing. played I, the game the right way. I, I, I now, 
now. Like I, I, I you know, I respect Larry Bird. You know, I, I res- and I, I understand why people like. I even understand the fight. You know, Sixers were losing. Bird was mm-hmm. giving Doc the business, and he mm-hmm. was telling him about it at the, through the whole game. So, so, but and but that's that's something else I respect. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm giving you the business, I'm gonna tell you about. It. And but that's just it. Like like now, I understand that at eight years old, all I know is this thug, this 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 miscreant, this 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 horrible human being was out here trying to fight the greatest player in the history of the world. That's who Larry Bird was. Fair enough. Now, but, but, you know, like I said, you know, you, you, you kind of grow out of this. So, but, mm-hmm. but like Doc was my guy, you know, like I, I consider, I considered myself a Barkley fan, but I like, because I like the way he played the game. I like the way mm-hmm. he played bigger than his stature. You know, he, he was tough as nails. He, you know, he, he was tough as nails. He, you know, those old, uh, those old bump and thump teams. No, I love them. But once again, I'm getting back to hating Isaiah. Because I hated Larry because I hated Larry Bird. Always wanted Celtics to lose. And the Sixers would always lose to them. So, so I hated the Celtics more. It wasn't in I liked Isaiah when the Pistons finally beat the Celtics. Like, okay, here's this team that I hate, that I loathe with this guy who is the worst guy in the history of guys leading them. And here is the team, those bad boy Pistons who finally vanquished them. They're done. They're over. Celtics are done. They're finished. But I hated the way they played basketball. Oh, 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 now, now, hold on. They they beat them. Mm-hmm. They beat them in... in, in uh, was it 88 win a championship mm-hmm. 89 you know uh they they go on and then they yeah. beat the uh they go on they beat the uh the lakers i mean magic and the lakers another team that beat my sixes now i didn't like magic johnson no, I, I i rooted against magic johnson but i didn't hate magic johnson like i hate larry bird like i loathe like i didn't like magic mm-hmm. johnson I loathe Larry Bird. You know, Magic Johnson was just unpopular because he beat the Sixers. But nonetheless, that next year when this uh when the the Cel- when the Pistons repeated, what happened last week of the season? That was the season of the big mel of the big fight between Barkley and Bill Lambeer. What happens? Isaiah Thomas takes a swing at Rick Mahorn. That was his boy. They was cool. You watch. You remember the Bad Boys movie? Uh, I the, told the you. I, I tried to tell yeah. you about Isaiah. Yeah. So at that point, at this point now, now I told you, I, I was, I was eight years old when Doc fought Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. Now this is eighty nine. Now, no, in fact, this is nineteen ninety. I'm fourteen years old. I understand now. I full, you know, I I, I get it now. And I'm just like, yo, Isaiah's a sucker, man. 
Like I couldn't believe, like, like for real. I'm sitting there, watching, like, I can't believe I like this dude. You sold me. How y'all fighting the city? Like at this point now, after that game, you know what? I'm out on the Pistons. I'm, I'm, after that, I'm just sitting there. And I'm like, yo, I'm out on the Pistons. I'm done. I'm good on the Pistons. Don't need them anymore. I'm not. I'm. I'm not cheering on them. I can't be. I can't be a fan. So who comes? Who comes along? So just like, you know, I like. Isaiah, because Isaiah and the Pistons knocked out the Celtics. And see, most of the people around me were like you. They like the Pistons because they beat the Celtics. Yes. I I didn't care. Mm -hmm. I did not like the way the Pistons played basketball. Mm -hmm. It was ugly. It Mm -hmm. was dirty. And Mm -hmm. I I just didn't want any parts of it. I was never never the guy who was a fan of the Pistons. Mm -hmm. I I was praying like not, uh, that's a strong word but i was really really hoping looking forward to the day when jordan the bulls would finally overcome mm-hmm. them i i may have been one of the happiest people outside of chicago when that happened well, well well there you have it just like the pistons you know I, I like the pistons because the pistons ended the celtics michael jordan comes along they end the pistons so all of a sudden michael jordan you good with me you good with me. But what how, how did Michael Jordan and the and the and the Bulls rise to rise to, 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 to power? And I make Michael Jordan and the Bulls rose to power. They rose uh they won their second their excuse me, their first championship when they lost to the Lakers. They beat the Sixers in the second round. Four games to two. Mm-hmm. That mar- the second year in a row, the second year in a row that they beat the Sixers in the playoffs. So they beat Barkley in the Sixers in six games, two years straight. And guess what? I'm out on the Bulls now. You know, it's like I'm out on Michael Jordan. Can't like my. I can't like a guy who ends my squad. Now I will say, like I didn't like Michael Jordan. I, I didn't hate him like I hate Larry Bird. Well, see, in those days, I had no illusions that the Sixers were good enough to be a championship team. Yeah, well, so well, I, I expected someone to end them. It might as well be Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I will put it to you like this: because then you can mm-hmm. say I lost to the eventual champs. Yeah, you you, you so, could. That was that was no no other team got to say they beat you. You lost to the champs. I I will say this because we're talking about 1990, 1991. Once again, 14, 15 years old. I wasn't thinking that. For, I, I I wasn't that mature of a thinker at that point. All I know is the Sixers season was over. I knew they weren't going to beat the Bulls then, but the the taking solace in the fact that you lost to the eventual championship, the, the eventual champion, really didn't. That that ain't mean nothing to me. I didn't care about that. I I, I really didn't care about that. But you know, I, I say all that because once again, you know, it's like like sports heroes. And, you know, looking up to people and how you and how we treat our, you know, our how we treat the guys that we, uh, you know, idol. I think idolizes. You know, I, I hate that term. You know, but but nonetheless, like when, as you transition from the guys you like look up to to the guys you're just a fan of. Like. I. 
was, you know, I, I, I say that Doc was my hero because I, I was not looking at, I was not looking at him as, you know, as through the eye of, of, of a fan. Like I couldn't tell you the weaknesses of his game at eight, you know, at eight years old. I just knew he dunked on people. And he flew through the, you know, it looked like he he flew. I knew, you know, it it looked like he was just doing amazing things with, you know, I couldn't tell you what type of, like, what type of jump shot he had. You know, I couldn't tell you if his mid-range game was up to par. You know, I don't know how, I couldn't tell you how much of a facilitator he was. You know, those those are things, you know, as I grew to learn and I grew to appreciate. So it's like I looked at Doc differently than the way I looked at Barkley, the way I looked at Iverson, you know, so, and so be it, you know, it's, that's just how, you know, that's just how, you know, it, it, that's just how it works. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search best in the world sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. I'm Brandon Graham from the Philadelphia Eagles. Every day during the COVID-19 pandemic, our frontline workers are out there serving us. Bus drivers and grocery clerks, sanitation workers, police, firefighters, and healthcare workers. They're taking care of us. Now let's take care of them. Wear a mask when you go outside. Protect yourself and protect others too. We can do this. Let's mask up, Philly. Help stop the spread. And now, a few thoughts from your boy Brown. Y'all gotta clean the snow off your cars. Especially if you gotta drive on the highway. I am tired of driving behind people who got big giant slabs of snow frying off their car. If you a guy, there's absolutely no reason for there to be snow flying off your car. And it's even worse when you got a little car. You see a dude driving around in a Prius or a Focus or a Kia Soul or something like that, uh, a Mini Cooper, a Fiat, and you still got snow on your roof, and you a grown man, that's, oh, come on, that's unacceptable. Y'all, clean the snow off your cars. Check out your boy Brown during the workflow, weekdays at 2 p.m. on the Grown Folks Groove, phillygoflow.com. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Both you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Uh, kind of, kind of want to pivot because I want to bring, I want to bring somebody in here. All right, I want to bring someone into the conversation because I want to bring in a guy, guy I've known for a, for a long time. All right, fact, mm-hmm. it's a brother I've known since like the first grade. Let me tell you about growing up around the way. All right, I grew up in an area called Roslyn. Roslyn, Pennsylvania. That's Abington. 
Abington kind of has like a little small little, it's a little pocket of areas. There's Roslyn. There's Willow Grove. There's Crestmont. And there's a small little area in between Crestmont and Willow Grove called Back to Heights. I lived right on the edge. I didn't live back to Heights, but I could walk to Back to Heights from from my crib. And that's where my man Ron lived. All right? So I could walk it. It was like Back to Heights wasn't a hood, but it had a lot of hood tendencies. Back to Heights was hood-ish. Like, if you lived in Willow Grove, like, like if you try to tell somebody Willow Grove was the hood, you could drive around. There'd be, you know, there's certain er- certain areas of Willow Grove people would just look at you like, like, really? I see, uh, you know, I see pools in people's backyards. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you know, but, but you know, you go back to Heights, you, you, you might see some some hood stuff. And if you if you cross Eastern Road into Crestmont, you definitely going to see some hood stuff. Like, now, now I, I will tell you. It was you this. a long, long time. It ago. was a long time ago, but I got to break in my bed because since 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 our time around the way, my man is now the head coach of Ben Franklin High School in Philadelphia. Philadelphia Public League has now started their season. They started a little bit late, but this is always a good guy to bring in to talk basketball. Let me bring in my man, Coach Ron Sizer, Coach. We What's all up, call, we call him Raz, but How's it going? but but What's his, going on, but, good brother? How are you? I'm good. His Thanks teammates call him Coach Sizer. Yes, sir. Coach, I heard yeah, I like that little introduction too. That, but that was a long time ago. That, that was a long it's time a, ago. It's a really nice area nowadays. Man. I don't oh, want to scare they, people off. They cleaned up back to heights now. Yeah, it's cleaned Uh-oh. up, man. It's still, it's still, you know, it's still brother neighborhood, but it's definitely cleaned up. It's not like when we grew up, man. That, no. that was rough. See, I, I will tell, I'll tell you about this. Like my parents didn't know about Back to Heights, and when they found out about Back to Heights, that's when we moved to Lansdale. <laughs> my parents went to. My parents dropped off my people. I had some, I had some friends over. They lived Back to Heights. They dropped them off. My mother dropped them off at home. And she came back, and she just couldn't believe what she saw. And yeah. this was this was June of 1989. By October of 1989, we lived in Lansdale. Yeah, 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 we, yeah. We, 89 was tough back then. <laughs> yeah, but coach, big win today. Big win, big, big win today. Win Congratulations, yeah. big thank big you. win, win thank number one. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Yes, one and one right now. All right, who uh, who y'all play today, coach? We played uh, Science Leadership Academy, SLA. Nice, nice. Yeah, our first home game. Kids got home. You know, it, it was just a good. It was a vibe on the on the sideline. The principals was there. The AD was there. So just the kids were just real happy, man. And, and they showed it in their play. With the, uh, with the regulations, are kids allowed to have the families in the games yet? No. Oh, that's the one. Oh, uh, so hopefully. coach. Uh, Go ahead. I, I have a question for you. I have to ask right off top. Mm-hmm. Being that we're in. February and we're just getting going with high school basketball. I'm sure your schedule and your preparation is very different. Rough. Go back 10 plus years or so. I coached a little high school basketball myself. So I understand 
what it's like when you have your routine where you want to go through your conditioning and mm -hmm. start installing stuff. Mm -hmm. your, and that had to be completely different this year. How was that? How how was that adjustment for you and your team? Oh man, it was real rough, especially for the kids, you know, because it was like you had to have you had ten days of practice before your first game. Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't have the preseason. There was no scrimmage. You couldn't work out the kinks. It was like you jump on the court and you go. You got ten days. Be ready. So it, it came out the blue. We were all fighting for the kids to have a season. And when it came, it was like, oh, man, we got to hurry up. And then teams started dropping out. So mm. high school, a lot of high schools opted out. Almost every charter school opted out. So mm -hmm. it was like, find your own schedule. Mm. And so you're calling up coaches and you're trying your best to, to, to make something happen for the kids. It was rough. It still is. Okay. Well, I'm glad you all are able to put something together for the guys that want to play. Yeah. And I'm also glad that they all gave guys an option. It wasn't a force the one way or the other. That was yeah. really always my biggest concern is that we'll get, let's get these people the information and then let them and their parents get together and make their own decision on what's best for them mm -hmm. rather than trying to be heavy handed one way or the other. Oh, yeah. So, Going into your season now, without the preseason, without the scrimmages, how is it for you trying to figure out your rotations and things like that going into the game? Oh, that is rough. Uh, we had two games, Tuesday and Wednesday, and I had two different starting lineups Tuesday. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like it, it was really rough. It's different. You're trying to figure out what the kids can do because you know you coach, you got mm -hmm. what they do in practice. And then what they do in the game is two different things, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. just seeing how they perform under pressure when they're playing against kids they don't know that's really aggressive because it is the pub that is it's still aggressive out there. And, uh, it's cool. It's, it, it's cool for me because I love the coach, so I like to sit down, watch the film, make adjustments, but it's, it's a season full of adjustments in front of us. So far, what has been the biggest adjustment? I mean, it's, of course, there's no there's no fans there. You know, and you're, st you're starting the season in February where normally, you know, you you begin ready for the playoffs, you begin ready for the postseason. Like, like, what has been the biggest adjustment? What's been the hardest thing to adjust to so far? Academically. See, everybody talks about sports, but they don't really realize these kids are student athletes and they're learning virtually from home. But mm -hmm. we got to be in the gym by 3 o'clock. 315 the game starts or practice starts at three. So now you're signing them out of third period and fourth period early. So when they get home, they got to go to their emails and do their work. So now we have to have a virtual study hall at night for our students. So I feel like academically, it's like, wow, this is a lot. Talking with Ron Sizer, head coach of Ben Franklin. Like at, at this point, like, like, tell me a little bit more about your team. Like, who you got this year? Who you leaning on? Uh, do, you, do you have a lot of seniors on your squad this year? No, no. Unfortunately, <laughs> most of the seniors did not uh, enjoy virtual. And I'm a stickler for academics. So if your grades wasn't right and you weren't going to class, you can't play. It is what it is, you know. And uh, so right now we have one senior, mm. one junior, mm. and the rest is all sophomores. 
Oh, so you're very young this year. Really young. And I have a freshman on the bench. 12 kids all together. Th that being said, I'm going to give you a second congratulations for getting your first <laughs> win today. Because I don't think a lot of people understand how much that one year of difference makes on a young man's body going from 15 to 16, 16 to 17, yeah. and then your 18-year-olds and seniors and such. Like, working with that those underclassmen them, many of them haven't hit their growth spurts yet they definitely haven't started to fill out yeah, their bodies strong, and yeah, yeah. And such yet so and there's a lack of experience and awareness on the court as well how are you working with them to try to make sure this team matures in the way they need to along uh, the course of this season well, first off, I'm a lot more patient this year. You know what I mean? That's number one. Show a lot of patience with these kids because they're going to need it. Uh, we had a lot of sophomore freshman mistakes in the first half today. We weren't winning at halftime. You know what I mean? So, like I said, it was a lot of adjustments. But uh, I don't know. Really, it's just, you know, you just kind of build that confidence. Like, yo, it's okay. You got room to make mistakes. We're not going to get on you. Just keep trying. Just keep playing. Mm -hmm. And it worked out today. So keep them aggressive, build the confidence. Um, experience in the long run will be good for them. Yeah, yeah. So who's next? Who's next on your schedule? What do you, what do you got coming up? Pen, Pen Treaty. We got Pen Treaty on Tuesday, Maritime on Thursday, and then Kensington after that. So awesome. it's getting harder and harder. And okay. Pen Treaty right now, I heard they're two and zero. So. We uh, well, we're looking about, forward to the challenge. They about to how be two on one, man. To, how many games were you able to put together on the schedule total this year? Uh, I could have put a. I had an opportunity to get a lot. I'm not gonna lie, but you know, I didn't want to play the powerhouses with the team okay. that I have, so I only took eight games. Okay, took eight games. You know? All right. Well, look, man. Yeah. Look, let's look, let's 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 switch. Let's switch gears a little bit because I because I I I know you. Mm -hmm. I, I know you, you will talk ball with whoever will listen. That's why I had to get him on the show because right. I, had, I had to get you up here with my man Mike Jones because you and Mike Jones, y'all, oh, y'all, I love, exactly. I love, oh, yeah. I love, it. I love. So look, oh, yeah. So look, let's 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 go to the NBA. Let's let's start mm -hmm. the NBA. All right, All Star All Star Weekend's coming up. You know whether or not they should play the game. That's 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 another conversation. But they just announced the All Star teams. My question, I want to put it out there to both of you, because the talk once they announced the teams was that Devin Booker wasn't on it. He was at it because AD's going to sit out. But initially, did you think Devin Booker was snubbed? I mean, there's got to be a snub, right? Mm -hmm. It's got to be. It's got to be a snub every year. Like, everybody can't make it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, I mean, hey. It had to be him. <laughs> I mean, for me, the question is, if he's in, who's, who's out? not? Mm -hmm. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. As much as I love what Devin Booker is doing on that team, I can't take Chris Paul out because he's been the difference between wins and losses. He's been playing and, amazing this year, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not. And I don't know if you're like me, but for me, it's not all. Especially with point guard play, it's not always about seeing. 30 points and mm -hmm. 15 assists as much as it is controlling the offense, keeping your teammates in the right situations so that you win games. That's right. And Chris Paul is doing, does that. He does it right. 
Yeah. And I say, if your point guard's out here scoring 30, 40 a game, you're a losing team. You're selling tickets, though. Your arena's oh, packed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You got fans just in line, but mm -hmm. you're not winning games like you want. You got to have a floor general, right? Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the smile on your face, Jonesy. <laughs> and you're sitting. Jonesy got a I smile like. I preach this to JB every week. Oh, like, oh, you preach this to JB, my man. Jonesy is like, look, man, finally someone who gets it. <laughs> It's like finally someone who understands me. Because yeah, yes, yes, he does. Yeah, yes, Jonesy has. You you have said this every week, and it's not. And, 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 and the try. problem, and the problem is, I don't. I I usually don't even argue with him. I, I think he's right. Like I understand, but he's like, like. But Devin Booker's a shooting guard, though, right? Mm -hmm. He is. He's off. He's off the boys. He's supposed to be an aggressive go get your buckets mode. That, that's yeah, his job. Yeah, that's his job. So who mm -hmm. who who's the two shooting guards that he you know what I mean he got snubbed for? Like that's the question. Who you take? You know what I mean? Not, yeah. <laughs> he he's got it. If there was anybody I was really thick of take off the all-star roster, it would probably be Zion Williams, Williamson, but he plays a different position, and he's so box office. Like what he does mm -hmm. is suited for the All Star game. It's perfect for the All Star it's perfect. game. Perfect. So I don't. But if I'm, but if I'm holding him to the same standard I hold everyone else to, where wins matter, the Pelicans haven't been winning a whole lot of games this year. Mm -hmm. And no, that's they the only, haven't. And that's the only reason I'd say if I would pull Zion off if I took anyone off. But, but they've been very competitive, though. They've been they competitive. Have. They right? have been very competitive. They, they and don't, they're I'm young. not saying they play bad basketball. Yeah. They are a very young team. And without that Drew Holiday, there is a stabilizing presence this year. It, it looks a little different. Yeah, Drew is playing great at Milwaukee, though. Right? Mm -hmm. But let me ask you something now. Hold up. Okay. Man. When was the last competitive All-Star game? Really? You got to go back to like AI and Marbury and them, when, right? When, yeah, the yeah. Come, the comeback year, the year they brought the, mm -hmm. the year they brought them back when AI won uh won the MVP. Yeah, that, so it's not even they're not even trying to make it a competitive game anymore. It's like it's just for the fans, the young kids, I, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, to buy posters and it's not share yeah, that. yeah, it's, it's I, I agree, which is why I say mm -hmm. Zion fits what the All-Star game it's is. Perfect. Mm -hmm. perfect. That's what that's why these conversations like conversations about All-Star games is because you have to acknowledge that it's not an exact science. You know, mm -hmm. you know that the all-star game is is money grab, is there for popularity, is there so you can see all your favorite guys, you can see all you get all the sports center highlights, you know, you get the mm -hmm. dunks, you get, you know, people shooting from behind like behind some logo, yeah. you're gonna sell a whole bunch of jerseys, <laughs> and then we all go home. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so but I guess but in essence though. The whole thing about it is, it's supposed to be the the twenty four best players in the NBA. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you acknowledge the fact that Zion Williamson is one, of, he's he's a young, hungry player, might not be one of the twenty four best players in in the league, and you got Devin Booker on, you got Devin Booker who might be, 
Yeah. You know, so he's you know, in and, there. He's in the conversation. Yeah, he's in the conversation. But in the end, yeah. AD's like, nah, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm good. And you know, so that just worked out for Adam Silver in now, the NBA. Now I would be for expanding All Star rosters to 15 players per team because mm-hmm. it's it's been at 12 players per team for how long? When there were how many? There were 24 teams in the league. Mm-hmm. You used to get 12 players per yeah. team. Yeah, you got six more teams now. Yeah. So if you do it proportionally, that, yeah. that puts you to 15 players per team. Now, I would ask you this. Would you ever be a fan of doing what base, what Major League Baseball does, where every team what? has to be uh, represented? No. 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 I wouldn't want that at all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. That's, that'd be terrible. That's terrible. Especially in a league like you have now where, where you're seeing super teams and teams with big threes. I might have three of the best players, four of the best players on one team. And if I have to get a guy from every team, mm-hmm. that means the, those you guys, somebody. I don't I don't get Bron and AD, Paul, George, and Kawhi all there. But I want to mm-hmm. see them all there. Mm-hmm. Because now I have to spread my roster and get one guy from every mm-hmm. other team. Because you just got to get somebody from the Pistons on the team. You got to get somebody Actually, from Pistons got a baller, Jeremy Grant, right? But Jeremy Grant has definitely stepped his game right. Mm-hmm. He, he, he deserves a, a shout out real quick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So but, I think but, every but, team does have like a stud. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, like what team doesn't? But you a ball, but, has but, Colin Sexton. But as you say, you a ball guy. You know, so you know, so you know that Jeremy Grant deserves to be there, but you know that there's some, you know, it's like these things are for like the, it's for like the casual fan. So if you sit there, so, so imagine, I mean, you see, you're seeing how people are because when Devin Booker didn't make the team, imagine Devin Booker doesn't make the team and and Jeremy Grant makes the team. Mm. People now, go crazy. People go crazy. Like you, be mad. you just go, they be so every, mad. Everybody on Twitter, who the hell is Jeremy Grant? <laughs> then they look up his stats. They be like, hold up, I gotta watch this guy. Like, I gotta. I mean, granted, you no, know, nobody knows him. Nobody knows him. Nobody. JB. Nobody knows Not him. And no, yeah, guy. nobody knows you him. And nobody's gonna look guy. up stats. Mm-hmm. How they gonna have time to tweet if they looking up stats? Yeah. How they? <laughs> how they I don't have time for my Facebook post on how Devin Booker got robbed if I'm looking up Jeremy Grant's stats. <laughs> but, but nonetheless, oh, uh, but nonetheless, you know, we're getting into the second half of the season. Second half is just the second half is started, and we're to, we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks about who's going to come out the East. I think a lot of people want to just hand this to the Brooklyn Nets. You watch a lot of basketball. I see you shaking your head. Is is this is this is the Eastern Conference the Nets to lose? Even no. though they're not the first team, even though they're not no. even in first place. No, no, it's not. They still have to prove themselves defensively. Mm-hmm. There's two parts to this game: offense and defense. Mm-hmm. They play no defense. You know they average the most points allowed in the league. Mm-hmm. Number one, most points allowed in the league, Brooklyn Nets. You're not going to win when it gets down to the get down in the playoffs. Man, man, I don't know if they can beat them. I don't know if they can beat anybody, to be honest. We'll see. I agree. I think that was always my question with them from the start. People are always saying, most people's thoughts were, are there enough basketballs? 
And I was like, oh, with the IQs you got on that team, they'll figure out the offense. Your problem is going to be defensively, Kyrie has knee issues and he was never the most interested defender. James Harden is he's <laughs> capable of playing D, but he's never shown interest in doing it. He'll stand in front of you. He'll stand in front of you and put your arm and put his arms out. Sometimes, Sometimes. Kevin Durant is a willing defender, but I wouldn't say he's the best at defending. But he is willing. Yeah, he's, he's he, will mm-hmm. he will play. He will play the defense. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I want, I'm comfortable going into the playoffs with Kevin Durant as my shutdown perimeter defender. Mm-hmm. And and that's what they have to be looking at right now. And they're they have smaller. Their, like they're, they're who's their big man? DeAndre uh, uh, Jordan. DeAndre mm-hmm. Jordan. He's got to come off the floor in the last couple minutes because he's shoot. He's a fifty percent free throw shooter. He he's too old. He's done. He's ran out. You know what I mean? It's over for him, man. He's just holding on to that last thread. So when it gets down to get down and it gets big with Embiid, you know I got to bring up my big man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's gonna get. He's gonna drop fifty. They're gonna drop fifty on them, and he's gonna slow the game down. So all that running back and forth stuff. We're going to pump it in the post. We're going to slow mm-hmm. this down a little bit, beat you up. Mm-hmm. Playoff basketball is still a game where every possession matters. It, yes. still, it slows down. Your rotation is shortened. And all that. Oh, I don't usually like to. Okay, you know, you're not like what's going on. I, I will on occasion take knots at players' games. Mm-hmm. Not the players as a person, but their game. Mm-hmm. Like a guy like Giannis, he's got a hole in his game. He's got yeah. a big hole in his game. And when you that see game. in the playoffs, when he can't be in that upper open court running up and down, mm-hmm. he's a real limited player in the half court. Mm-hmm. And a team like Milwaukee, hopefully Drew Holiday will be able to make a difference because he's a guy who has the skill set to execute more consistently in the half court. Mm-hmm. But like if your if your primary score is a guy like Giannis. And you're getting used to all year running my offense this way. When I get into the playoffs and we have to adjust, we're that split second difference. We're thinking about it, yeah. Rather than doing it off instinct and just reaction because this is what we do. Mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer that instincts matter as much as anything else in basketball. Man, so, let me tell you, in basketball in the playoffs, we talking playoffs. Mm-hmm. You're playing the same team, one game, two games, three games, four games. Five. Man, that same stuff ain't going to work back to back to back to back. It may work during the regular season. I'm going to play you mm-hmm. once. I'm going to shoot over here, play them. I might be back later. But when I'm focused on only you for the next five to seven games, you, you can't just have – you can't be a one-trick pony. I can study all your tendencies. I'm scheming to – you know, when I got to play four teams in a week during the regular season, I'm not taking time to break down tape on every team. You know, I got to travel in between and everything else. Get to the playoffs. We're sitting here in this hotel for four or five days. We locked in. Tape on you. We locked in. Mm-hmm. We're watching tape. We're not sleeping. Matter of fact, y'all go to sleep. I'm gonna be up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The coaches are planning. They're adjusting. Okay, this didn't work. Game two. Right back at it. So mm-hmm. once they figure Brooklyn out. You know, defensively, once you say, okay, we can score if we do this, and you know you can score on them, like, they're going to they're gonna fold. So, so watch you, out for Milwaukee uh, this year. You like you so, think Drew Holiday is enough to make the difference for, for big Milwaukee? Big difference. I'm a Sixers fan, but I mm-hmm. think Milwaukee and, uh, yeah, Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 
let's let's keep it in the east. You see, I, I saw it's funny. I saw a post about the Sixers, and we'll talk about the Sixers in a minute. But basically, it was a picture of Joel Embiid saying, "Hey, we can't lose to the Celtics in the playoffs if the Celtics don't make the playoffs." <laughs> That's a shot. That's a shot. But, that ain't cool. Now look, we uh we've already, we had this long discussion earlier in the show about sports villains and how much I hate and I talked about how much I hate the Boston Celtics. Always have. Always but, have. But another like another caveat of that is that cuz I feel like the Sixers have lost to the Celtics in every era that I've liked. Like, I've watched them all. I've watched Doc lose to them. I've watched mm-hmm. Iverson lose to them. I've now mm-hmm. watched Embiid lose to them. Mm-hmm. But I see them struggling. They're, they're struggling right now. The now, defenders are. Is, I guess, they're, they're, sometimes you, you'll see a team struggle, and you kind of, it's like you don't put a lot into it because you feel like this is a team that can work themselves out of it. Do you mm-hmm. see how Boston is playing this year? And do you look at them and say, hey, you know what? I understand. Because right now, right now they're on the outside looking in. They're under 500. They're 15 and 17 as of tonight. Mm-hmm. Do you see Boston working themselves out of it? Or do you feel like, you know what, hey, this is a team that's in trouble? Uh, for me, it's all about being healthy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I lose my one senior my season is scrapped, right? Mm-hmm. So they lost Marcus Smart, which a lot of people don't realize his value mm-hmm. to, to Boston. Like he's really the the energizer. He's the yep. defender. He's the scrappy guy. Mm-hmm. He's the tough guy. He's that one for them. And without him, they're not going anywhere. You th- Marcus, you think it's, it's Marcus Smart? Now you, he, yeah, because 100%. you know they they like Jalen Brown's probably been most consistent. Yeah, he, he's a good guy, most consistent. Mm-hmm. They lost uh, Jason Tatum for a little bit. He's back. He's trying to work his way back into it. He, because he's really that guy. Because honestly, I think with, with Tatum, you're you're seeing kind of the – like he's one of the first star players who who caught the, who caught the COVID in, in the season. Like you remember mm-hmm. end of last season when Gobert and mm-hmm. – when Gobert and Mitchell both caught him. Mm-hmm. There were, you know, you're talking months before they came back. So when NBA came back in the bubble, you know, they they had some time. Mm-hmm. You know, even Kevin Durant caught it last year. Mm-hmm. He's had he's months. Really you know, he's, he's had months. He's had plenty of time. Yeah. Months to, you know, get his conditioning yeah. and things back. Now we're talking about a guy who had it maybe a month or so ago. <laughs> we're talking, you know, so it's like he's. You know, and he's even talked about you know his endurance isn't what it is. He gets winded easier. He's you know, and, and we're kind we're kind of seeing these effects. Whereas if you're if you're someone who has who has caught this and has experienced this uh, the symptoms, the type of effect that it's had on him. Yeah. So so it's like how like how much does that factor into it? Because once what like. I don't know if I, I, I like Jalen Brown. I'm not quite sure if I want to put everything we have on that player. No, but I love Jalen Brown. I want to shout him out real quick. Jalen Brown is that guy, you know what I mean? But Jason Tatum at 70% is better than 90% of the league. Mm-hmm. 
at 70 percent i don't know if y'all watch him but he had a step back the other day late in the game they lost that game but that step back was an amazing move you know what i mean mm -hmm. and to tell me he's not 100 percent and he's out here doing things like that well Man, that's a scary dude at 100%, right? <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm just saying, right? So I think if, if Boston gets healthy, once again, it comes back to being healthy. Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, if everybody gets healthy, man, they 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 be in the inside looking in. All right, so I think Boston's a playoff team. I, I don't know if they have the rim protection to make a deep run. That's the one – if. Marcus Smart, I agree with you on everything you said about him. But when you start seeing matching up against playoff teams, I do wonder about their rim protector. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that anybody is available out to them to fill that hole. I, yeah, so. I, I look at the standings. I see, I see Boston on the outside looking in. But right ahead of them, I see the Miami Heat. And once again, that speaks to a point that, Jonesy, you talked about. And how well they played last, you know. Kind of, the bubble was different. Yeah, the bubble, the bubble was, different. was different. They overachieved the in the bubble. The bubble was different. The bubble was different. Now they out, and 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 you're seeing them come back down to earth. So it's like I see three teams ahead of. I see at least three teams ahead of the Boston Celtics that I think they they can catch. I see the Heat. I see the Hornets. I see the Bulls. Oh, they can definitely catch that. And I think they, yeah, I think they can catch them. Then, I mean, you're looking at five. You got the Raptors. But I'm also want to say about the Heat. They've been having problems health wise as well. Mm -hmm. Like the uh, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo. Uh, for all them guys to be on the floor at once is probably only a couple games so far this mm -hmm. season. You know what I mean? So don't Dragic count them up just yet. Dragic, Dragic missed time. So. They they just it's be really being about healthy and last year they were healthy in the bubble. Yeah, they were healthy in the bubble. They were healthy and all. And honestly, all they had to do was hit jumpers and listen to Jimmy Butler. That was Jimmy. That was that was. It's like look, man. Jimmy was like, hit your shots. Listen to me. Yeah, and we'll and we'll go we'll go as far as we can go. And that's yeah. exactly what they did. That's exactly Jimmy that guy, man. But how about Duncan Robinson coming on the scene like that last year? I mean, this dude was pulling up just as soon as he caught the ball, Ugh, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, yo, that was amazing. I mean, percentage-wise, Duncan Robinson is a top 10 all-time guy. He, <laughs> he knocks down. He's a knockdown mm -hmm. shooter. People hey, have shoot. just learned his name, but that kid can knock down a shot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And – if you can shoot like that, you'll keep a job for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, it's an underrated skill, believe it or not, in basketball. Yeah. Shoot it. All right, real quick, let's uh, let's switch over to the West because I want to I want to get coaches' thoughts on right now. The Lakers been struggling. Is the Lakers the, the Lakers been struggling? Is that all health? Is that all just strictly? Hey man, AD ain't here. And how much trouble do you think they are? How much trouble are they in? No AD. How long is AD out? <laughs> you know, because no, I mean? that's like, yeah. uh, like no that's AD, AD, no Lakers, no AD, no Lakers, and that'll break my heart. Because mm -hmm. I wanted the Sixers and Lakers in the championship this year, but uh, AD man, he, he, he's really important. LeBron, I don't know if you guys see what I see, but he looking old, mm -hmm. starting to look old. Is looking like Father Time is starting to catch up. 
his IQ is there, his skill set is still there, but especially on the defensive end of the court, he can't control the game the same way he used to. Nope. LeBron used to be able to go out there and control both ends of the court all game long, mm-hmm. and you knew he was the one in control. Mm-hmm. Now, he gets his numbers in the flow. He's not like he's fallen all the way off, but he's come back to the pack, so I mean, you can tell. I, yeah. think, I think of what you said. I mean, I think you you hit the nail on the head. One, he he his IQ ain't going nowhere. LeBron's IQ is LeBron's IQ. He's one of the you know he, he he's a smart player, but I think what what makes him so smart was the fact that he knew he knows and understood when to let AD be AD. When you got AD behind you, you know it's not. I wouldn't necessarily call LeBron dogging it, but he knows that he doesn't have to go. You know, full forty-eight all game. Yeah, mm-hmm. but now without that security blanket, without that, you know, without AD there, now he's he has to do everything. I don't know who you know who else are you going to depend on on that team? Who else? Not Kuzma. <laughs> Not Kuzma. We might have seen the end of Kuzma in a Lakers uniform. It might be LeBron. Might be like, hey, hey, look, hey. hey. Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. I'll give you a fun fact. Mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma played prep school in our area. Where? Did he? Yes, he did. Rise Academy. Shout out to Sam Ryan's in his prep school. Okay. Those Didn't are, know that. Those are them nuggets Coach Ryan gives you. Coach Raz will let you know. he let you know. <laughs> All right, so Lakers might be in trouble with no with no AD. That's, that's, that's pretty much where it is. Mm-hmm. So right oh, yeah. now, No AD, they're definitely in trouble. Yeah, All right, it's a early, 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 early predictions. Who you got coming out the East? Who you got coming out the West? Sixers. That's my fanhood talking. <laughs> but I really, really believe it, dog. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sixers okay. coming out the East. They got as good a shot as anybody. I East think so, too. Wide open this year. And watch out for them Jazz. Watch out for the Utah Jazz. I'm, I mean, they're dangerous. They're big. They're fast. They can shoot. They can play D. They're healthy. Watch out for the Jazz this year, ladies. And I, I, I think. I think. Mm-hmm. A, I think a, a Ben Simmons versus Donovan Mitchell matchup would settle. You know, settle that, uh, the, that, 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 that debate they had this yeah, rookie first, of the year. First of all, if I'm Ben Simmons and I'm playing the Jazz in the playoffs, every press conference I'm bringing a rookie of the year trophy with me, <laughs> and, I'm so, and I'm just holding it in my hand. Just, <laughs> Hashtag in front Eddie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hashtag in fact, this is exactly what I'm working with every <laughs> every every question every question they ask Ben Simmons he he prefers to well the rookie of the year <laughs> believes that we had great spacing we had uh we played a tremendous <laughs> team game the rookie of the year really appreciates uh Joel Embiid and what he did yes thank you that's yes Ben Simmons. <laughs> Rookie of the year, yes. Oh, he's going to speak to it about himself in third person. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Really the rookie, is. yes. And don't let and don't let the rookie of the year be a champion either. Don't don't let him end. Don't let them win oh, it all. Man. Now I will tell you this. Now I, I, I will tell you this because it's been. We was all pretty much like in diapers or whatever when when the Sixers last won a championship. So I can't sit here and say, you know. I, I'm not going to say who I want to play, like who I would prefer to play. I just want the team to be in it. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, yeah, a, a Sixers-Lakers series would have been nice. 
But I'll just take look. Just put the Sixers there. They ain't play whoever, you know, like Clippers, Suns, I just, Blazers, you, you know, Spurs. I, I don't care. <laughs> just give me one of them. Just, just give put me my anybody. Squad, give me anybody. Just put my squad in it. Put my you know, squad really in go, it. Go Burr over there is uh, mm-hmm. he's playing so good right now. I don't think it matters if AD is in or not when it comes to them. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. like I, so, I, I, I like I like. Gobert's game, and I I like how how he came back this season because I mm-hmm. think you know he came he came back with some heat on him. Just how the season ended in the bubble, you know, he's kind of like uh, he was kind of like the poster child of players not taking this z you know taking this virus seriously, and you know, but they right, still was up three three one. one. Shout out to Denver, but they were up three one. That I know when I lose on Tuesday, and I gotta wait to Thursday to play. I'm not happy. My wife can't talk to me. My kids gotta leave me alone. You know what I mean? I'm I'm in my quarantine by myself. Uh-huh. I can only imagine losing a three one lead and having to wait months to get back. Oh, these kids are hungry. Oh, these kids are hungry, man. Watch out for them jazz. And I like Jamal Murray's game. I love Jamal Murray. I like Jamal Murray's game a lot. He's a, he, he's a lead guard who knows how to score, knows when to score, but you won't see him forcing a lot throughout the course of the game. But then you get to situational basketball, late in the shot clock, late in the game clock, he could be a killer and go get you that bucket you need. Yes. He yes. just scored 50 the other day, didn't he? He scored 50 the other day. And I've seen that that three-point eight hit. I was like, wow, like the bubble ball is back. <laughs> That's the bubble ball right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. He did some things in the bubble that I'd never seen done before. So yes, sir. And, and who's the big man? The Joker? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That right. move. So so now, let me you're, you're probably mm. not gonna like hearing me say oh boy, I don't don't no, I I I Jokic, I I I I, I call him the best center in the league. No, that's why I said you work with a light. No, no. I, I don't. I I think I think our guy is the most talented center in the league. <laughs> but I think Jokic plays the position better. Jokic he, is more fundamentally sound. Mm-hmm. I give you that. You know mm-hmm. his pivot game is amazing, right? It's amazing. Like you could actually run the offense through Jokic because he sees the floor. He, he sees the floor. He makes the pass. Time, all yeah, them. but he can't be your number one guy. He needs a Jamal Murray and them guys. And B, dump it down there to the big man. He's far more talented. I'm just speaking specifically about the way Jokic plays that position. I I love the way he plays it, though. I ain't going to lie. So let me ask, because I I feel like like people have been making that comparison for a while now. Even this season where people are now starting to talk about Embiid as an MVP MVP type player. Do you think mm-hmm. do you you hold on to that though? You still you still call Jokic. Well this season, well this year, this focused Embiid that we're seeing this year, this mm-hmm. is a whole different animal. Mm-hmm. As long as he's playing like me, we're seeing from him this season, mm-hmm. I haven't said that you haven't heard me say that this Yeah. Season. No because, I I guess like like if you if this was this time last year, mm-hmm. and you made that comment, you know you you talk about uh, Jokic. 
I think there'd be less people willing, even in this city, even in this area. Like, of course, the fans are going to be like, hey, man, you crazy, man. What, 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 you know, Embiid over Jokic. But I think, you know, when you're actually talking ball, when you're actually talking basketball, you're not, mm-hmm. there are people who wouldn't, who wouldn't dispute you. Say, hey, you know what? Hey, you know, it, it is what it is. But what I'm saying is, you know, with, with Embiid playing at the level that he's playing now. And for me, the biggest difference I'm seeing with Embiid this year mm-hmm. that makes that a conversation where Embiid might be at that top part of it. You better you know, say it. Is that the way he's handling double teams. Mm-hmm. And not, Embiid, for me, like, the one thing, like, it was tough to run an offense through him because when he went back to the basket game and put the ball on the floor, you said yeah. that helped defender at him. He was likely to turn it over, mm-hmm. which means it's hard for me to run my offense that mm-hmm. way. Now, this year, Embiid is seeing that double team knowing whether to go step through it, go over one, go over the other shoulder, where the open man is to pass out to the shooters. Mm-hmm. And part, I think part of that is having the personnel that you've got more consistent shooters around them as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I, think, I like the way MB's handling the double teams this year a lot better. He's, I think he's seeing the court and his IQ is kept on the on the court is catching up because we forget how little basketball his experience he has mm-hmm. yeah. relative to other NBA players. Yeah. This is about he's in his tenth year of organized basketball. Most guys are in that in the high school. It's <laughs> crazy, know? right? It crazy. Coach, once again, thank you. Good luck to Ben Franklin for the rest of the season, man. Thank you for chilling with us. I appreciate that, man. Thank you, Coach. Man. Before you get out of here, I have one more question about your team. Since there's no fans in the building, are you streaming games online or anything where people can watch them? Yes, we're streaming our games on Instagram at BFHS News. Okay. Once again, Ben Frank High School, BFHS News. So you can go on there, you'll see our game from Tuesday and our game today. That's up there. And uh, every Tuesday and Thursday at 315, we'll be streaming live. All okay. right, there you have Thanks it. Check that us is, out. Check us out. That is the head coach of Ben Franklin High School, Coach Ron Sizer, hanging out with Jonesy and Brown. Once again, if you like today's show, hit us up. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at BITW Sports, or at Jonesy and Brown. Three words, Jonesy and Brown. My name is John Brown. That's Mike Jones. Now, now, Mike, before we go, I just need, I need some clarification on something. Okay. I heard back in the day they ain't want you. That's that's a that's a fact. That that but is a now fact. I'm hot. Now it's hot. What, what happens now? What happens I'm on next? you, bro. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Y'all be easy. Thank you for joining us for the show. We'll talk to you guys next week. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash BITW Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. Brown.